Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. from the overnight tracking. You know, it's not fair. I mean, every other president had all of the Russians to blame for everything. What do I got? For an unpopular president. Uh, the voters felt that your being alive or dead had no real bearing on their daily lives. It's time to give war a chance. Dead. Dead. What are we going to do for an enemy now? A riot between Americans and Canadians broke out last night. Now, with a little inspiration. All I said was Canadian beer sucks. Give me one week and I'll have Americans burning maple leaves. Hello and welcome to Rewatchability. It's the podcast where we rewatch old movies to see if they're rewatchable. I'm Robert Larone. With me as always is... Blaine Waters. And J.M. McNabb. And we're here to talk about a very important movie today. Very special movie to us in particular because, I don't know if you know this, fellow Americans. I mean, they're not fellow Americans because I'm not American, but it's Canada Day coming up. And not only is it Canada Day, it's the 150th anniversary of Canada. That's right. Yeah. So 150 years. It's a big birthday. I think you have to give us something with paper or silver. Uh, I think it's that anniversary for sure. Yeah. It's, it's been 150 years since Canada was like, eh, I don't want to be uh, England anymore. <laughs> yeah. But we'll keep the queen. Yeah. She's cool. Can you keep uh, the queen on your money? Yeah, sure. That's fine. Know. Yeah. They don't make Mel Gibson movies about that. <laughs> So to celebrate, sort of, we thought we would present a movie that sort of bridges the gap between Canada and America. Sort sure. of like, you know, reaches a hand across the Great Lakes. <laughs> the huge divide yeah. between our countries. And this movie is Canadian Bacon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michael Moore, his, his only narrative film, right? His only like storied film. His I only so, fiction yeah. film, unless yeah. you believe Republicans. <laughs> or or <laughs> people that films. know how movies work yeah, and can see what he does with his movie. Yeah, it's true. And we should also <laughs> mention that a lot of you probably haven't seen this movie. We'll walk you through it, but it, it only made $200,000 at the box oh, office. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe it's due for like a cult renaissance. I think there are, you know, it's still relevant in it's, some I think it's portions. more than relevant than ever now so yeah uh, yeah and before we get into the movie just want to shout out to our patreon subscribers and thank them for uh, supporting us with small donations each month yeah the podcast early and some old episodes of the podcast and sometimes exclusive content yeah exactly yeah and thanks to our sponsors as well Endy mattress and hello fresh yeah so let's get into this blaine when did you see this film Okay, so I've never seen this film. Oh. I feel like a bad Canadian you already. You're a bad Canadian. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, it's it, not a Canadian movie, though. <laughs> no, I know. No, it, you've seen it, like going down the road, right? It feels. Like, <laughs> it feels like I've seen the Littlest Hobo. I don't know if that's the same. It counts. Okay, it counts. good. It feels kind of like Canadian because it's like a self-hating 
American movie in a way. So it feels like apologetic, which feels very Canadian. But I never, I never saw this when I was a kid, but I did go to a cyber sports camp when I was a kid. Okay. Uh, which was like, you learned how to code and play basketball. It was like trying to get the jock kids to like not beat up the nerdy kids and okay. trying to get the nerdy kids sunlight. Uh, so it was a weird, it was a weird, weird camp. What? And, and I went to it in 1995 when this came out and everyone was talking about Canadian bacon and how cool it was. <laughs> and all I know, of, of course they were, of course they were, cause they're all sense. nerds and then they'd get beat up by the jocks. So it was a very unsuccessful summer camp. And that's my only connection to this movie. Wow. Is that horrible summer camp that I was in one Wait, year. Wait, cyber sports camp, cyber sports. Camp. I think we're going to have to jettison the movie talk and spend the next <laughs> hour talking about this. <laughs> So they were like, Blaine's not playing enough sports. What if the sport was like on a computer and he could just sit there the whole day? I think it's called eSports now. How do you know I wasn't getting enough computer? I could, yeah. I could have been the jock, you know? Oh, okay. <laughs> let's yeah. not, let's not judge pre- preemptively here. Okay. Jam, did you see this film? I did. I saw it on video. I was not one. It didn't, otherwise it would have made $200,008 or whatever. No, I saw it on video. I, Remember liking this movie at the time. I love John Candy. I remember being, I don't know if I'd seen Michael Moore movies, but I probably did shortly thereafter. And really, Roger and me. I really liked Roger and me as a kid and, and like his TV shows. <laughs> it's like Mac and me, the sequel. That's Again, good. that was before, like, you know, yeah, everyone, you could just read on the internet about all the things he does wrong. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Movie making. But I remember really liking this. I remember. This is again embarrassing. Why do I keep saying embarrassing things on the show? But I had like, I remember making like an audio tape of just, you know, cause it's before like, you know, iPhones when I was a child, Podcasts. believe it or not, I'm that old. But I remember making like an audio cassette of some of my favorite movie scenes and funny scenes. Whoa. And one of the ones that made the cut was, uh, the Stephen Wright scene we'll talk about where he, <laughs> he plays a Mountie in Canadian bacon. So nice. I, I like this movie enough that I, uh, that I excerpted that scene, you know, along with Monty Python and did you have any of the like bits that. of him as the radio announcer in reservoir dogs? No, <laughs> no, I don't think I've seen that yet. Just have like a Stephen Wright mixtape, <laughs> but I definitely like, even though I liked a lot of the ingredients in this movie, John Candy, mm-hmm. some of the humor and the uh, other actors, there definitely was, there's a drabness to the look of and feel of this movie yeah. that kind of bummed me out when I watched it. So, yeah, so it's, I was It's I was not mixed. a pretty movie. No. No, it's really ugly. It doesn't capture the beauty of Canada. <laughs> Our majestic falls. Yeah, well, it's kind of trying to show off the ugliness of the states in a way. Uh, you know, a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah, but then there is... Well, well, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Rob, Rob, what about you? I saw this movie... I think on probably on video or maybe on the movie network or something a long time ago and i thought it was a really funny movie and you know i guess i think one thing that americans don't understand about canadians is that we see so little of ourselves that whenever we do we get really excited about it so to see like Canada at all portrayed on screen. We get excited when the Simpsons go to Canada for like five seconds and make fun of us. <laughs> That's very true. That's true. That was a huge deal. We'll have all of our papers write stories about it. So to see you know ourselves depicted in this way, I thought was really neat. But also, I was a huge John Candy fan, and John Candy is Canadian. Of course, he's uh, he's from Toronto. Yeah, that's right. So mm-hmm. he used uh, to be part owner of the Argonauts, the local football team. Huh. So they were all obviously huge fans of. 
or cyber fans of. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I think like John Candy was like one of the first actors that I comedians that I really like, you know, enjoyed his performances and I like, you know, yeah. he really like shaped my like sense of comedy. Me too. Mm-hmm. He was the first actor where like I remember being a kid and just going to the video store and wanting to watch a John Candy movie. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't care what the movie was. He was the first actor I identified with in that way. Yeah, yeah. his humor seems so like invitational. Like he he's like inviting you to laugh along with him. He's not just like making snide comments and like waiting for you to laugh. I like that about him. Yeah. So I thought it was great. Yeah, it's been a long time since then. And Michael Moore, he's just he's such a narcissistic weirdo. <laughs> Like, he has this um, Broadway show that he just put on, like, How what? to Save America. Uh, it's a one-man show. Uh, and, like, step one, buy a ticket for my show. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I, I should clarify, you know, if we have any new listeners or, or anything, I think I can speak for all of us when I say that we're pretty well aligned with his politics. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's just his his methods that I think we may call into question yeah, sometimes. Yeah. I remember one of his docs, him coming into Canada and opening a front door and being like, they don't lock their doors here in Canada, which he says again in this movie, which is very weird. It's like a thing he has about Canada. Like, it's so secure. They don't lock their doors. Yeah, you don't have to, but this is Toronto. Everyone locks their doors. If Michael Moore dope. came wandering through my house, I would call the cops. <laughs> that was, I remember going to see that movie when I was in high school and me and my friend were like, that's obviously staged. And then he opened the door and it was like a guy we went to school with's mom. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. And then we asked him the next day. He's like, yeah, like he just like walked into our house. <laughs> but I so think, there is a bit yeah, of truth in his docs. It was true, but I, it, it was kind of, I think what people took from that was that people in Canada never lock their doors, yeah. Yeah. which isn't true. I think people, when they were home during the day, didn't have them locked. But like at night or if they went out, mm-hmm. surely they locked them. Or during the purge. <laughs> yeah, Canada has the purge. Uh, that's another thing Americans might not know about. Yeah, us. yeah. That's why we, so we nice invented the purge. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rob, if people probably haven't seen this movie, do you want to run down what happens in Canadian Bacon? I sure do. A little bit of a history lesson. <laughs> it takes place back in the 90s when it was released. Uh, the Cold War is over. This was the big old thing with the Russians where they were building up all of the bombs and the weapons just in case they ever decided to start using them at one another. But so that's... That's no longer happening. So times are actually pretty tough in the United States, even though they ostensibly won the war, because now they have closed the weapon plants and everybody's losing their jobs. And it's so bad at this one weapons plant in Niagara Falls, New York, not the Canadian side, that like three people a day are jumping off the falls. And again, the crummy American side of the falls. So it's not even a beautiful way to die. (laughs) Superman can't save you on the American side. No, that's right. <laughs> and we, this is all sort of like delivered by this like, you know, sort of news reportage. And they talk about how they've started like an incentive program so that uh, to stop like so many people from jumping, like for every person that they stop from jumping, they'll get $25. And the, for every the police, the police yeah. and for every body that they pull out, they'll get $50. So then it cuts to John Candy and Real Pearlman standing at the bottom yelling, Jump! <laughs> yeah, Which I thought a, was really funny. It's a very funny intro. It's great. It's hilarious. I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. And John Candy, he plays Sheriff Bud Boomer. He used to work at the weapons plant, but everybody got laid off. He managed to get a job because his uncle's the mayor or something like that, and he got his friend a job. They're, like, waiting for this guy up there to, like, commit suicide. He's, like, tried to, like, drive his car off the bridge, but he's, he's fucked up. And they realize it's an old buddy of theirs. Mm-hmm. It's their friend Roy Boy 
From the plant. From the plant. <laughs> I thought it was their friend uh, Benny from <laughs> the desert. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the same Yeah, it's the guy from The Mummy who Wait, we is it? took yeah. issue with. Yeah, you didn't recognize him? Shit. Yeah, well, he has bad teeth in this movie, so that's it's, true. it's hard. And he's it. not playing <laughs> an Egyptian. <laughs> <laughs> he's playing, uh, yeah, he's, he's playing to his strengths as an American. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But so they decide to rescue him. <laughs> Yeah, and he's he's a fuck up so a lot, so he can't even kill himself. He tries to kill himself in a myriad yeah. ways and yeah. doesn't. It's pretty like it's a pretty maudlin way to start off this movie. It's pretty bleak though. I mean, yeah. it's pretty it's, tough. It's pretty dark stuff. Yeah, yeah dark a lot stuff. of people just thought they were getting another Uncle Buck or a <laughs> <Yeah>. summer rental. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and and to stop him from uh, committing suicide, they shoot him. Yeah, yeah. So that's a, and Rhea Perlman is is very violent. Well, and gun obsessed. Yeah, she, they shoot him with a tranquilizer dart, though. No, no they shoot a tranquilizer. No, they, they shoot him in the shoulder with what? a bullet. Really? Yeah, yeah, I think those are like yeah. the ribbons of his like clothing and flesh. Yeah, I thought it was a dart. Nope. No, Jesus, <laughs> these are Americans, JM. Oh right, they <laughs> are I was, thinking, I was thinking the Canadian Niagara Falls. Like, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Where they just give you a dart and apologize. Yeah. You actually hear the apology before you hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but anyway, so back at the plant that they're closing, the president. President is coming to speak because that's what presidents do. And there's also a weapons auction because that's the only way to get people to hear the president because nobody gives a shit. And his like poll numbers are low. Like it's not going well for him. And this is, I like should Trump mention, low. like really low. Yeah. yeah. But this is President Alan Alda. I know. Who doesn't like Alan Alda? I, I don't know. Apparently these Americans yeah. in this wacky movie. I think he beat Jimmy Smith's in the election <laughs> in this universe. Yeah. That's, that's a West Wing joke. No, I guess Jimmy Smith must have got assassinated. <laughs> <laughs> and then it fell to him. <laughs> but so the company head blames it on him. And what happens is Roy Boy, Benny, whatever his name is, he ends up shooting at the president with a rocket launcher that he bought for 25 bucks at the auction. Mm -hmm. And John Candy, Sheriff Bud, just happens to save his life. Honestly, that was the only time that I laughed out loud in this movie was when he saved him because it was such a weird pratfall. Yeah. He was there in a second. It was so funny. Anyway. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Hmm. That's about, <laughs> that's about the size of it. Because the rest of it, yeah, is... That's how I responded to it. Hmm. Yeah. That's an, that's a joke that they said. Okay. okay. Yeah. So the president is fucked because his polls are down. He's not going to get reelected to another term. As General Rip Torn tells him, like, yeah. he is, it's going to be over for him. So he's got to figure out a way to, you know, first of all, get productivity back and also, you know, increase his popularity. So he decides that he's got to call the Russians and start the Cold War up again. Mm-hmm. So he flies in the president of Russia or whatever and right into the Oval Office and kicks everyone else out. Yeah. Right. And he's like, <laughs> and we only know about this because uh, Canadian bacon leaked it. <laughs> well, they let the Canadian press in. Right. You know, they had, to, they had to do that. Yeah. But the Russians don't want to get back into war because they really just can't afford it. And yeah. they also like that, the, you know, there aren't these sanctions anymore. They're getting... You know, all these American companies in for the first time. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. They, they have joined KFC, the, VH1. Yeah. yeah. 
I think it's hacker fried chicken. It's like the, it is. Oh, it is, is it? hacker fried chicken. Oh, I yeah. didn't even notice. And they that. slapped that. It's like something taped onto the side of the K. It's just like hacker. I don't yeah. know. That's not a good product. Yeah, design. I guess Colonel Sanders didn't pay up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Russians don't want anything to do with it. Which I mean, I mean, let's be honest. It's double speak. We know how the Russians play. They're like, oh yeah, we don't want to participate in your war. They're they're hacking the election. You yeah. Know? Or they bug the Oval Office or something. But so they decide <laughs> they've got to find a new enemy. They somehow rule out terrorism, which I think is an oversight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a really un- unfortunate line where Alan Alda says something like, well, we're not going to get the missile plants up and running again because of terrorism. <laughs> and yeah, this movie yeah. was made, what, 94, 95? It's 95, yeah. Well, actually, I think it was released a while after it was made. So, Well, it mentions Jurassic Park in it. So it has to be after that. Well, that was 93. I right. think, I think it said there was, uh, on IMDb at least, it said that they, they added the line about Forrest Gump because that had come out in between. Uh, and also, yeah. when did John Candy die? I think he died before this was released because this was his final film yeah, yeah. appearance. He, he died in 94, oh, and this movie didn't come out till 95. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like, this movie looks like it was made in 1982. <laughs> it doesn't look like a good movie. Yeah. And the title credits are all in yellow and that f- weird font, that 80s font. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's not a pretty movie. Yeah. So they decide to like start a war with Canada. Yeah. Blame Canada. Yeah. Well, this led the way for South Park. It, it kind of did. Yeah. I can kind of see that. No, it totally did. I, I mean, I think South Park did it better obviously. But that also, I was reading uh, Nathan Rabin on his My Year of Flops column wrote a thing about Canadian bacon. He also pointed to Wag the Dog as another sort of more popular movie that had a very similar premise. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. And But also in the premise of Wag the Dog, like they start a a war to divert from the sex scandal of the president. And then that actually happened after they released Wag the Dog. (laughs) Or not like the start of war, but you know, he like started talking about Iraq, Mm -hmm. apparently. So uh, everyone was paying attention to this movie. At least Bill Clinton must have saw this movie. <laughs> but so they try to start up like this anti-Canadian fear. And this is something that we've actually seen. Like it's something that actually seems to happen every once in a while. Like Republicans will like stoke this anti-Canadian yeah. sentiment. Longest unprotected border. Yeah. 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 But so the sheriff and his friends, they all go to a hockey game. And it's like, it's like a Canadian team, the Ontario Beavers versus the American whatever, right? <laughs> and everything's going, everything's going okay until Sheriff Boomer says that Canadian beer sucks. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, this is, this is them's fighting words in Canada in 1994, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you said it out loud now. Yeah. Um, honestly. Yeah. But the beer he was drinking probably did suck. I know. This, this is, was I think, before the craft beer revolution. <laughs> this is one of the points where, like, this movie is really dated because nobody in Canada would drink Molson fucking Canadian. Or yeah. Least, yeah. I would much rather have, like, a Niagara Falls, New York IPA yeah. you know, than, uh, you know, a Molson Canadian. Yeah. I'm surprised Michael Moore doesn't have a beer. Everybody else has. <laughs> Brewing for Columbine. Oh, no. No? Uh, Having Weiss 911. Oh, God. Blaine, do you have one? I uh, know. Okay, no. great. 
<laughs> but so they use that, that to like stoke the sentiment. And then they're sort of like firing it all up. And John Candy's character being the sort of like oafish American that he is, is sort of buys into the propaganda. And they suddenly start to think that like there's actual trouble. They run this news report about how, like, Canadians walk among us. And they talk about all these Canadians who you don't even realize are living in America. Mm -hmm. And they show William Shatner. They show Alex Trebek. Yeah. Michael J. Fox. Mike Myers. Yeah. And there's, like, a whole list. Uh, Joni Mitchell. What? Yeah. Canadian. Well, (laughs) But that's that's what because every Canadian can tell you what Americans are Canadian. Yeah, like, it's just this this sixth sense that we have. Jim Carrey, Canadian. I mean, I don't that's think it's a sixth sense. I think it's like Canadian media telling us over and over again who's Canadian. Yeah, don't worry, we have stars. Did you know Jim Carrey's Canadian? Eh? <laughs> that's like every second page of the news here. Another mummy yeah. connection. Didn't Tom Cruise live in Ottawa for a while? Did he? Did Tom Cruise live in Ottawa? I think so. Was that a dream I had? <laughs> <laughs> Must have been a nightmare. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, they were opening a Scientology center here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like when they open the producers and Mel Brooks shows up, he just tours around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they decide that as the first line of defense against Canada and our oncoming hordes, they need to go in and raid Canada. So mm-hmm. they... they They take a boat and they drive it across the lake and then they pour a bunch of garbage on Canada's pristine shores. Mm -hmm. It's not cool. (laughs) (laughs) No, but they leave Rhea Perlman behind. Yeah, they see some Mounties and then they scram Mm -hmm. and she gets left behind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And And, and arrested and arrested for littering. Yeah. And then the president says that she's been taken hostage. Yeah, it's weird. They treat Canada like it's Singapore or something in this movie. Like, it has all these laws that just by being mean, you can be arrested for. Yeah. Well, I think that's a joke. What? (laughs) Why have I been being nice all these years? It's like... God damn it. It was like one of the people we find out was arrested for, like, putting unleaded gas in a leaded tank. You know, things like that. It's it's silly. For One guy's in jail for having too many bad moods. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Okay. So that's a serious crime. Yeah, we should yeah. talk about this then, because they eventually track. They go after Rhea Perlman, and they go to the RCMP headquarters where Stephen Wright is there. Yeah. Yeah. Guarding the prisoners, and this is, I think, still a hilarious scene. It well, is I a think, hilarious scene. I think it's probably one of the best parts of the movie. Oh, but sure. you didn't laugh out loud. I didn't laugh, but Stephen Wright is one of my faves. I like him a lot. So when they like open his scene, he's like writing thank you cards. To the prisoners, yeah. thank you for sleeping so quietly. I love you. <laughs> yes, thank you for keeping your cell so clean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was great. Yeah, yeah, he's really funny. And then something, John Candy says, where are your worst nightmare? He says, my worst nightmare involved bunny rabbits <laughs> who were drinking heavily, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> he's so weird. I love Stephen Red. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he lived here for a uh, summer in Toronto, right? What the? <laughs> he was roommates with Tom Cruise, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I remember a, a, a joke. He talks about his Canadian summer and that oh. he like met a girl, and and then he goes on to his like normal shtick. But he apparently worked at the planetarium. That know. might be a joke too. I don't know because yeah. he has a lot of things in his act that I don't think really happen. <laughs> yeah, like that thing where he started up his house with yeah. his car keys. No, where that's do, all true, right? Where do you live? I sit here. 
<laughs> Can I do the rest of the show in my Stephen Wright voice? Yeah, yeah why just not? Do his stand-up. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so meantime, there's like we haven't talked so much about the guy who owns like the weapons thing. There's like this whole like Doctor Strange Love element to oh, this. Oh, so Doctor Strange Love, yeah. Where there's this device called the Hacker Hellstorm, which is supposed to be like a retaliatory device, and because the President Alan Alda has like reduced the defense funding, they've sold it to Canada, and he wants to use it to, you know, cause a war or something like that. It's really stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's pretty dumb. Um, I, I mean, when you say it's like Dr. Strangelove, it's like, I, I mean, I think it's so self-conscious. I wouldn't say it was a ripoff. Yeah. Because it's it's such a blatant nonsense. Like, there's even a scene where he has a funny call with the Canadian prime minister, you mm-hmm. know? And the, the way the war room is kind of yeah. built and lit, like, it's very winking at the audience. But it does just kind of feel like a, a rehash like it doesn't feel like it's adding yeah it's like michael yeah. morris saw dr strangelove and was like oh i want to do that that movie and then he he had this idea yeah there's also it. like some of the other funny things are also just straight up kind of lifts of of comedic bits the one of my favorite scenes in the movie is dan Aykroyd is an <laughs> opp officer who pulls over John Candy's yeah. truck because they've they've spray painted uh, you know like fuck you Canada and things like yeah. that die Canadians and he he pulls them over and not for the graffiti but because it's illegal to have any kind of signage without both of Canada's official languages right so he makes them spray paint the French translation of all of this graffiti which is very similar to the scene in Life of Brian where oh. he's. Uh, you know, writing Romans go home and he makes him fix the Latin. But again, it's a really funny scene and I think it fits here well. So I, yeah. didn't, I don't, I didn't mind it. I liked it. That was one of the scenes that I remember most from when I was a kid. That yeah. was hilarious when I was a kid. Yeah, for sure. But also as an English Canadian, like that's one of the weird things about being Canadian is that there's French writing on everything. Uh, yeah, I feel like as a French Canadian, the weird thing is that your language isn't like represented anywhere else in your country. Like it's, yeah, it's a weird. They have their own province. <laughs> they have all of Canada as their country. I was actually, I drove home from Ottawa this morning, which is, this is fitting for our Canada Day show. Oh. And I held, I Canada's was, non-capital. I was at like a, a rest stop and I held the door open for someone and he said, merci. And I said, no problem. And I was like, oh, I maybe I should, should have said something in French. Pas de problème. So they have to go and rescue, or they're on the way to rescue Rhea Perlman. They drive up to Toronto. Yeah. They're told that she's in Ottawa. Yeah, they're told. <laughs> the capital. <laughs> the yeah. capital. By like, the capital's Toronto. Come on. Yeah. So you think we were born yesterday? <laughs> that, actually, that's one of my favorite jokes, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. It makes sense. But so they go to Toronto to find her, and she's been like, she's being treated really poorly. They've got her. Yeah, they they have candy stripers looking after. They her. have like big stuffed animals. <laughs> One of the stuffed animals was sent by Gordon Light. Yeah, it says. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like we just got a nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a nice guy. He would have done that. <laughs> yeah, and she like, but she like breaks out and gets her like giant automatic weapon back and and sort of like starts you know trying to escape herself. So like it all sort of like culminates at the CN Tower, the world's 
tallest freestanding building, which is where like the hacker hellstorm has been installed. Mm -hmm. Now, they've fooled the Canadians into thinking it's just some weather thing, but this is the thing that will launch all of America's nuclear weapons at Moscow. And this, it's counting down. Like it's, they have like 12 hours and then, you know, six hours and then like it's getting like really down to it. And, you know, John Candy, he, He's at the bottom of the CN Tower, and you guys know how it is at the CN Tower, the elevator. It's just you wait forever. I mean, you guys know because you go every Saturday. Yeah, like as every is our Canadian right. does. Yeah. <laughs> but he, been up once when I was a child. <laughs> I've never been up. Yeah, me neither. Really? We're like five minutes from there. Yeah, I know. Where we record this, so. I know. You guys want to go? Yeah. Yeah, we can go get lunch at the revolving restaurant that'll make you throw up. Is that? I don't think that's still there, is it? I don't know. Maybe it is. We can find out. We can go shut down that missile defense system. Yeah, yeah. And get somebody to eat. They used to have laser tag there. I don't think that's there anymore. Yeah, no, they have an aquarium now, and they have a whole bunch of stuff. Well, that's not up there. That's at the bottom. (laughs) Imagine that was up there, though. Imagine you climbed up all those stairs like John Candy does. It's like, oh, no, the aquarium's at the bottom. You're like, fuck. (laughs) You know what? I think that restaurant... I'll just dive down. That restaurant must be there still, because I remember I knew someone once that worked in the kitchen of that restaurant, but then lived in a basement apartment and I found it so funny that she just lived in these two extremes. She was never like at surface level. I take the subway to the CN Tower. (laughs) That's weird. That's really funny. Yeah. So while uh, John Candy is running up the 10,000 stairs, there's like the American like special forces team I think who are like following. The Omega Force. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. SEAL Team 6. Yeah. Oh, that was another funny part when the guy like stubbed his toe and fell down down with a stub toe, and then the guy came up and shot him. Yeah, he's like, oh, I think I'm okay, and then he just shoots him. <laughs> yeah. that, that felt like a South Park joke or something. Yeah, that was re- totally. I, I laughed out loud at that. Yeah. 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 But just as he's about to rescue Rhea Perlman, she gets the Hellstorm thing and shoots it with her machine gun and destroys it anyway. Mm. Yeah. Apparently shooting complex machinery just kind of turns it off. <laughs> I think the more... <laughs> just kind of shuts you just describe how bullets work. <laughs> I think Michael Moore maybe complex no, machinery is a person. No, uh, yeah, but <laughs> that's true. People are complex machines. No, but it's just like it's like a nuclear launch facility, yeah, yeah. and she shoots it with a machine gun. It's like, oh yeah, that fixed it. He's fine now. <laughs> he may be satirizing how Americans think guns are the answers to everything, or yeah. some Americans. Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. that's that's really smart. That's yeah. great. I like that. Good, good job, Michael Moore. Score one for him. <laughs> Yeah, and then they they stop it, and they save the world, and they go back to America. Then the rest is history. Yeah, and and let's uh, let's come back in a second and talk all about what we think about the acting and the direction, and uh, and get right into the movie. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot; we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to Rewatchability. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Michael Moore's direction. Mm -hmm. So he's not the most visually astute sort of director, I would say. You mentioned like this looked like it was like 
it was very muddy or something. Yeah, well, it was like an 80s movie made in the 90s. It was very, very weird. And yeah, it looked like there was a thin film of smoke over everything. <laughs> and I wouldn't even blame the 80s for that, because there are some great looking movies made in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, it, it looked kind of drab and like you said, like smoky. And yeah. I, I get why in, in the scenes in Niagara Falls, New York, if he's trying to make it look like that, because he, he jokes about, you know, the pollution and, and how depressing things are for those characters. But then we do have scenes like when they come to Toronto and it's supposed to be, it's supposed to surprise the characters how nice it is. They yeah. show, you know, the sun glistening off the buildings, <laughs> but it still looks like shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, it looks, looks like terrible. A, it's a cloudy day. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it looks like it's about to rain. It's like a flashlight on the building to mimic the sun. <laughs> it's like, it's a weird, yeah. I, yeah I, every, this whole movie looks like a flashback to the past in like another movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, for sure. In, in a 90s movie. It looks like the, like the flashback to like Magneto's childhood in the Holocaust in the X-Men movies. Like yeah. all the saturation has been drained out of the picture. Yeah, it kind of looks like we, we've talked before, like Short Circuit was shot in Toronto and like other movies that were shot in Toronto. Toronto yeah. looks so bad in the 80s. It was all just parking lots downtown and such. And this looked like the same thing, even though we had prettier buildings in the 90s. So it, it felt like Michael Moore was like, hey, look at how pretty Canada is. I'll show you the grossest parts. Well, he's also not like his filmmaking up to this point. I recognize probably the reason why it, this movie has such a great cast, like it's a legitimately great cast, is because, you know, he was, I guess, a, a kind of hot director at the time, you know, Roger and me and, mm-hmm. and the things that came after that. What was the big one? Was oh, I mean, yeah. he was he was like, you know, he was kind of a popular guy, but I, it seemed like he was doing like good work. Yeah, but his whole style was like this gorilla, mm-hmm. you know, we're going into places we shouldn't be, you know, we're going into office buildings and yelling at CEOs. Yeah. Like it didn't, yeah. even his best movies didn't feel like they were necessarily aesthetically pleasing or yeah and they were and they were docs they were skeleton crews where you didn't have people like lighting the scene as much as you normally would in a in a a fictional movie so and i think like he does he wrote directed and produced this i i remember reading that he had a hard time getting anybody to invest in this and to you know make this movie with him and in fact he went to like 46 different studios who were just too afraid of like the message of the <laughs> to make movie. all that 200 grand <laughs> and you know you know who his savior ended up being the canadians no oh. madonna <laughs> what? Yeah, it's what? Madonna's. That was out of nowhere. Madonna production company funded this film. I think it was uh, actually an error. I think she thought she was buying a million dollars worth of bacon. <laughs> she thought it was actual bacon. Love that pea meal. Shipped to her mansion. <laughs> this was before her Kabbalah phase, I guess. <laughs> good, good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wouldn't fly. Also, Canadian bacon. The title. We should address this as well because Canadian bacon. What? What the. What's Canadian bacon? Canadian bacon is pea meal bacon. I mean, I know that, but like, we don't call it Canadian I thought bacon. It, I thought I read something also that it was just like a different cut of bacon. They started calling Canadian bacon, even though it's or back bacon, even though it's from the same part of the pig. I yeah, I don't know. But it's when weird. you when you order bacon in Canada, for the most part, you just get regular bacon. You just get bacon mm-hmm. and maple syrup, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just it's a bowl of maple syrup with uh, <laughs> you dip your, one strip of bacon yeah. floating like a mosquito in ember. Right. <laughs> yeah, Canadian bacon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, wait, it, did I say ember? I meant amber. I think you said amber. Did I? No, I he know. said ember. I don't know what. It I doesn't said. matter. <laughs> yeah. In Canada, you pronounce it ember. In America, it's amber. It's like all these different systems. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we say deek. What? 
Yeah, we say deke. I don't know what that means. It means like to, to dodge, to deke someone out. Is that a, what, where's that? It's a hockey term. Hockey? Yeah. Hockey? Uh, Americans don't use the word toque. Yeah. Like a warm Knitted winter hat. hat. Knitted hat. Is that what they say? Knitted yeah. hat? Or, yeah, beanie. Oh, yeah. beanie. Yeah. People say beanie. Yeah. I don't like that word either. <laughs> I don't like toque much either. Can we find a third option? I like toque. toque no, I like toque. toque. Yeah. It sounds like a Lord of the Rings character. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Duke. <laughs> Very well may be a Lord of the Rings character. But what did you guys think of like, okay, so let's let's talk about, you know, Michael Moore as a satirist, because he never did this again. Yeah. Do you think the satire in this works? Because I was watching it, I was thinking, you know, if I was watching it in a vacuum, if this wasn't Michael Moore and all the baggage he has attached to him, you know, he's an Oscar-winning filmmaker. But if yeah. this was like some guy's first movie, you know, some 20-something, I think I would watch this and think... I'd like to see their next movie. Like, I think it has, I would think it had promise. Yeah, it it has potential for sure. And I think the funniest part of this wasn't the premise because there has been contention between the U.S. and Canada throughout history. Like we burned down some of the White House or something. No, no, no. That's a myth. We need to stop that myth. The British burned down the White House and it wasn't the White House yet because they hadn't painted it white because it hadn't been burnt down yet. Yeah, it was like pink or something. So we right? made the White House, is what you're saying. No, we didn't. It was the British. Canada wasn't even a country yet. It was the War of 1812, which was over 150 years ago. We're 150 years old. Wow. We just, it's, it's damaging. Well, people say that because the War of 1812 was fought by British soldiers in Canada. Yeah, and then it, in what we would became Canada, Canada eventually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm like, sure it was like just south in North Ontario. I mean, it's, it's kind of like ridiculous when you look at Canada and America and you see how arbitrary the border is. Like, mm-hmm. they just decided at some point, like, oh, I guess this will be America now and this will be Canada. I mean, I guess they decided by killing a bunch of people over it. <laughs> Happy How countries are usually formed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But there's this one town I was reading about that lies on the border, yeah. and somebody has, like, an inn that is both on the American side and the Canadian side. And so they live there, and they're allowed to, like, go into the backyard, which is in America, but only the residents are. Otherwise, like, the Border Patrol will come down on them. And, like, apparently the Canadian Border Patrol is pretty nice, but you don't want the American Border Patrol <laughs> in your kitchen. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I remember... Because I, my, some of my family's in the States and I went down for a wedding with a driver's license, but it was just at the time where we were, we had to be required passports to, to go. Cause you could even fly with just a driver's license. Yeah, in the that's right. And it was like six, six, six years after five years after 9-11. So it felt like whatever would have happened would have happened already. But yeah, they wouldn't let me back into, into Canada. The States wouldn't. Whoa. Yeah. I was trying to like get out, leave well, on a plane. Yeah, wouldn't they want you to leave? <laughs> yeah. They were just like, where, where's your passport? And I was like, ah, this is my driver's license. They're like, no, it isn't. That doesn't look like, that's not from any state. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm Canadian. But you think going so in, you would have the problem. Yeah, yeah, no. They were just fine with it. I'm like, you're an American now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what? Go you and buy the now. American dream. <laughs> <laughs> they just give me Don Draper's passport. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Worked out pretty well for him, I think. Yeah, I guess I'm in advertising now. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, but it used to, it, we used to have it so good. It used to just be like, like almost driving to another province. There was checkpoints and, and uh, a border. They could search your car, but it was very easy to go back and forth. Yeah. And oh yeah. My, my grandmother lives in Niagara Falls and she used to do her Christmas shopping on the American side. She would like, she would go over there for lunch sometimes. Yeah. She would just yeah. pop by. Well, I know like after 9-11, like there was uh, at least a rumor that a lot of the terrorists came in through Canada. I don't know if that was ever substantiated. It was never substantiated. No. Yeah. No. Don't blame us. 
No, we're, we're, we're pretty good. I have a friend that works for the CBSA and, and what they have to go through and how they train and they're very, very strict and they have more further reaching jurisdiction than cops do in Canada. Can your friend get my marijuana cookies back? <laughs> <laughs> you have to pay a tariff on them. Oh, That's shit. why they were taken. <laughs> um, but what do you think about like, cause obviously like th- this movie's primary target seems to be America. Yeah, like yeah. the the idea of like starting a war or how things are better, how society functions better during a war or a cold war. Yeah. Uh, and the president has these kind of warring factions within his administration. He's got Kevin Pollack saying, no, we need a cold war. We got to stretch this out. And Rip Torn saying, no, we need an actual war. You need yeah. to bomb the Canadians. And, uh, that it functions on that level. Then we do also have a lot of jokes about Canada. Yeah. And Canadian stereotypes. The Mounties are just the police of Canada, basically. Yeah. Everyone's clean and, and polite. And I couldn't Healthcare tell. Healthcare is really good. Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. I couldn't <laughs> fully tell the line in the Canadian jokes between, is this Michael Moore saying, this is what the U.S. thinks of Canada? Look how silly it is. Or is he being like, Canada's, I'm just kind of tweaking what Canada's really like for there, comedic yeah. purposes. There's a weird fetishization of Canada that Michael Moore sort of participated in, like, around this movie, and then sort of, like, after that. And Canada was sort of, like, yeah, like, painted in bowling for Columbine as, like, this nice, safe place, mm-hmm. like America, without, like, the guns and the violence. And, like, like the line that uh, Roy Boy says, it looks like Albany, but cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> And so, like, the idea of when America was, when George Bush was president, when a lot of, like, liberals and progressives were not very happy with it, the idea of, like, Canada as, like, an alternate, nice, uh, progressive America was sort of thrown about. Like, people talked about moving to Canada if George Bush won. People talked about doing it again when Trump won. And then also when Obama won, Republicans were like, let's move to Canada. And we were like, you don't know what it's fucking like. Watch Canadian bacon. (laughs) It's even worse than you think. (laughs) Yeah. But the thing is that— you to go to the doctor Canada <laughs> you won't pay a cent it's not all like that it's not all candy canes and hockey games like that that should be the subtitle for this movie <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, should be, that should be a Gordon Lightfoot song <laughs> candy canes and hockey games candy and way <laughs> But, like, Canada's not really like that. Like, sure, we have an attractive prime minister, but he doesn't follow through on his promises. Well, not Wallace Shawn. I would prefer Wallace Shawn. He's a great playwright. (laughs) He is a great playwright. But, you know, he's barely in this movie. He is barely, yeah. yeah. He must have had some scenes cut out or something. Yeah, like, I think they only really show his picture, right? Yeah. That was weird. Yeah, at the end. You hear his voice or something? At the end. Well, you hear some voice. Like, you hear it through the phone, but they might have just been playing My Dinner with Andre or something. (laughs) It's weird how they picked a a lot of, like, they picked John Candy, a Canadian, to play the American, and then they picked the Americans to play the Canadian. It's very weird. I like that. Yeah, I like that, too. Yeah? Yeah, because you, like, you can't really, like, see yourself unless you're reflected off something else. Shit. You know what I'm saying? You got those weed cookies, didn't you? <laughs> you were lying about not getting them. Art is a mirror, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, then there was some other funny stuff that I sort of thought was uh, funny. Like, I liked, um, there was, like, the discussion of, like, why there are no black players in the NHL. Yeah, and then he becomes one in the end. And the Yeah, yeah he's fun. like, he's like... You think we can just dominate every sport so easily? We're learning to get on the ice. Enjoy it while you can. See, but again, <laughs> yeah. there's like, there were a lot of jokes about like how there aren't any black people in Canada. Yeah. And I couldn't tell, is that Michael Moore legitimately thinking that and, ma- and making jokes about it? Or is it him 
riffing on like an American's uh, yeah. misguided conceptions. Of I what wondered Canada's about like. that as well because I mean Canada is a very multicultural country. It's mm-hmm. very diverse. We have people from every nation, every continent. I mean, we're all white here, <laughs> but there's lots of other people out there. <laughs> diverse voices. But in but in Michael Moore's Canada, like it's all it's all. There's no. But do you know what I mean? Because like I would have liked a scene where they come to Toronto and are surprised by the diversity. And I'm not yeah. saying we're the most diverse city in the world. No. But certainly compared to the things that the characters in this movie are saying, it's laughable, right? Yeah. But yeah. I, but I don't know. I don't know what Michael Moore was trying to say with that because it does come up a lot. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like that's an old perception of Canada and like maybe like Canada's sort of multiculturalism has sort of like come more after that. Mm -hmm. It's It's sort of hard to say. Didn't seem to like ring true to like our experience. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's interesting that you guys keep on bringing up like we didn't know what Michael Moore was trying to say with his satire because it's so easy to see another satire, what they're trying to say and, and where they like Canada and where they're criticizing it. Like when the Simpsons comes to Canada, it's easy to see like what they're trying to say, which I think maybe is part of why the satire doesn't work so well. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, that, yeah, that's the thing. Because if it is like, you know, like Wag the Dog kind of has, a, like we said, a similar setup. But then the jokes in that movie aren't about like the target. Not that I don't mind Canadian jokes, obviously. No. But I think it's a funny thing where like kind of, you know, halfway through the movie, the movie kind of split its attention between, you know, this Dr. Strangelove Cold War story and like mm-hmm. cartoonish Canadian jokes. And I don't. Do the two kind of come together no. at the end? I don't know that they do. I think maybe they could have found a way, but I don't mm-hmm. think it does. Yeah, I think like the different threads of the story never actually interact and like the story doesn't sort of push itself. Like for example, we see like John Candy saves the president of the United States. That doesn't have any sort of consequence or effect, except at one point they're like, oh, it's that same guy who saved the president yeah. that one time. And he's like, oh, that annoying guy. Why do yeah. you always save me? All the story points are really disconnected. Yeah, and John Candy doesn't doesn't stop the hellstorm or whatever. I mean, not that he has to, but like he goes to rescue Honey, Rhea Perlman's character, and she rescues herself. So it just doesn't it just doesn't connect. It, there's no like... And then they leave Canada without really ever, I don't know, uh, learning something or yeah. appreciating it anew or even appreciating the their own country anew you know yeah and like maybe it's as much like a satire of like a certain type of american person i think Mm -hmm. so maybe that's the point is that they don't learn anything or that they are not able to see the bigger picture Mm -hmm. but as a movie it doesn't feel satisfying Yes. And I think another big problem, even though we like a lot of the actors here, certainly, obviously, we've said John Candy's one of our favorites. Yeah, Rhea uh, Perlman. Yeah, and a lot of... Uh, Alan Alda. Alan Alda, Rick oh, Torn, so Kevin yeah. Pollock. All of these really funny actors are not really given any characters. Even John Candy, who, like we said, is one of our favorites, I never cared about his character at all. No. They never give us any reason to, really. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. he's kind of like a jerk. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, they're his, all his like first drunken... line is jump. Like yeah. his first line is like not a great line. There, and the things that like Rhea Perlman's kind of whole character thing is just that she loves guns, and then she gets this kind of weird, underdeveloped close encounters storyline where she becomes obsessed with the CN Tower, like Richard Dreyfuss yeah. with the that was really Devil's Tower. Yeah, that was weird. Although the penis jokes in that were kind yeah. of funny. Yeah, like, <laughs> as a guy say, I've never seen a white one that big yeah. Yeah. So the great uh bill nunn yeah 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 that's great yeah but i don't know it's just none of the people felt real or sympathetic or 
which yeah, is kind yeah. of which is kind of fine in a satire when you're doing something so arch. But if the satire is not working, then you need to fall back on story or or character, we, and we couldn't. You know, I think Michael Moore. He's really for like the people, for like the common man. He just doesn't like people or the common man. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even with his documentaries, like, they're very intense, and some might say preachy. But there's not a lot of humanity. There's not a lot of humanity, and... Well, I don't know. I think there is. I mean, my problem with his docs is that I agree with a lot of things he's saying, and I agree with his central message, but then what he does is, like, with Roger and me, like, he, you know, reorders the events of what of what he was chronicling to kind of support his thesis, which then leaves himself vulnerable to be criticized when, you know, the initial point he's making is a valid one, but then don't leave yourself open for those kind of attacks by cutting corners. I like what you're saying. I just don't like the way you're saying it. Like Christopher Hitchens with atheism. It's like, I I agree some with a lot of what he's saying, but just like not with the way he's saying it uh, a lot of the time. You're going to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, but there was also like the stuff like, Bowling for Columbine, like he had the South Park guys in the movie, and then he like stole one of their the Matt, Matt Stone, yeah. yeah, and then he like stole their animation style for like a bit, yeah, well, and then yeah. used like a Chris Rock sound alike at one point. Because I remember seeing Matt Stone interviewed about that, and because they put him in Team America and yeah. and made him a ridiculous character, and it was because he was pissed off about that because he's interviewed in the movie, and then shortly thereafter, there's a very South Park like animation. And it's kind of forcing that implication that Matt Stone was involved with it when yeah. he actually had nothing to do with it. And he was kind of annoyed about that. Yeah, yeah, would be too. Yeah, it's crazy. But I think you can play with like truth and fiction and documentary if you're Werner Herzog. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't yeah. know. But I get, again, like looking at this movie on its own terms, I don't know. I, I Even though I haven't been, always been a fan of everything he's done, I would, if he made another stab at a, a narrative of a you know a satire along these lines i would be curious to see it yeah. i don't think this was a total misfire i, th- no. I think he needs like a, a really good dop like a someone to know where to like point the camera and how to light it and make it look good maybe it looked amazing in the theaters and just no one saw it and it was just a bad transfer on video <laughs> yeah maybe well i think it's like roger deacon's shot <laughs> canadian bacon i think like yeah. a lot of like the topics and themes of like this movie are really interesting like the stuff about the military industrial complex they never talk about mm-hmm. and like its relationship to like politics and white working class people i mean that stuff is all like still very relevant you you still see like senators you know voting for stupid bills because they're getting like a missile plant in their yeah. state or whatever like that for sure. and and to put that on screen and to dramatize it in like a i like i think it's a pretty funny movie until about like halfway through and then it like falls apart i think it's successful in making that the stuff of cinema instead of like the stuff of like a boring Noam Chomsky lecture. So right. for that, you know, getting I, the message out there. Yeah. I think the satire way. sort yeah. of like it sort of works hmm. uh, more or less. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think we're, we're starting to wrap this one up. So let's go around. Let's put our hands on our hearts and sing. Oh, Canada. I, no, can we not? <laughs> okay. Just the English. <laughs> okay let's just go let's just talk about if this movie is rewatchable talk about yeah Blaine <laughs> Blaine <laughs> tell me about how you feel about this movie eh? that was another good line when he says we have ways of making you pronounce the letter O yeah <laughs> that was good yeah that was alright it's a cheap um, shot but yeah I uh <laughs> 
I I like the actors in this movie. I I, I mean, I kind of like seeing Canada on screen. Um, but I I thought this movie fell short of being mm-hmm. uh, a film because it it didn't get the satire right, and nor did it get the storytelling quite right either. There are it is punctuated with really funny moments throughout, and that's that's something. Like that's something to rewatch and to remember those jokes by. But I, I yeah, I think it's unsuccessful as a movie. But mm. I am I'm with JM. I would love to see. I was going to call him Roger Moore, uh, Michael, <laughs> Roger, and me. I got some bad news for you, Blaine. What? <laughs> right. No. Yeah, I would love to see Michael Moore take another stab at making a making a film, but he probably never will. Yeah, uh, JM. Yeah, yeah, actually, to that point, in that Nathan Rabin piece, he also kind of talked about a similar thing. Like, he likes, you know, he agrees with Michael Moore, but he doesn't like all of his movies. And part of the reason why I think he ultimately came up favorably for this movie was he said, he, he you know, he likes Michael Moore, Michael Moore's movie in this case, because Michael Moore was not in it for the most part, <laughs> outside of a cameo. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know how to feel about this movie because I did laugh out loud several times. It also had a really funny Jim Belushi cameo. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He was very funny. funny. Who I think is playing the same character in Twin Peaks. Yeah. So this connects to the Lynch verse. And according to Jim, yeah. it's <laughs> always all, playing that character. We're all, and it's all meeting in the, the shitty Belushi. Or <laughs> it's all meeting at the CN Tower. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think I'd say not rewatchable because it doesn't really hold together as a movie. But there are some funny bits. Yeah, it wasn't great. Happy Canada Day, everybody. Oh. I wish we had a movie named after our day where aliens attacked or something. It's yeah. yeah. It's okay. Canada is built on genocide, so <laughs> that's that's fair. We always forget about that. I I'm gonna say it's mildly rewatchable. I think that there are lots of fun jokes. I think that, like, they're a little bit dated and, like, people's perception of Canada. Canada has really come into its own since this movie came out. And so I think a lot of the jokes are, like, really, like, old and cliched and, you know, Anne Murray jokes. I don't think those land anymore, you know? I think (laughs) South Park maxed it out. Yeah. (laughs) But I do think, like, it is a good satire. There are, like, some good performances in it. And, like, it's... A bit, it's wacky in a way that I kind of like movies to be, and that like a lot of movies aren't anymore. Like it does try to be like Doctor Strange Love and have like a exaggerated dark sense of humor, and no, they just don't make movies like that anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah, mildly rewatchable. It's not a great movie. I don't know if I would see another Michael Moore fiction movie because I just think that he's like an he's an ideologue. He doesn't have. He doesn't do any real work. He well, and it's hard when a story is trying to deliver a message. When a story is didactic, it doesn't really like. Yeah, you never really love it. And but- it's actually it's worse for if you believe in progressive causes because he turns people off and he gives people all these reasons to yeah look away or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, what are, what are you guys doing for Canada Day? Uh, you know, going going down to the cottage, listen to the tragically hip on the dock. <laughs> Sounds really nice. What about you? <laughs> I love this new character you do. <laughs> yeah, this is Rob now, actually. Uh, From now on. I'm just going to hang out with the family and uh, oh. probably be annoyed that fireworks are waking up my two-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What about you, Blaine? I'm going to the States. So oh, Why? <laughs> that's right, you are. Yeah, I'm getting the hell out of here. Do you realize <laughs> that they have guns there? What? Yeah. No. Yeah. Roger Morse. 
going to protect me, though, so that's good. <laughs> His gun's tiny. He's British. <laughs> and dead. No, that's right. Yeah, you're... No. <laughs> that's right. You're going to the States for uh, for the 4th of July. And for the 1st. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I know. I'm very not Canadian this year. So, so if you run into Blaine, Americans, say Happy Canada Day to him. Yeah. And going to Massachusetts. We have some people in Massachusetts, though. You have some people? Well, no, we <laughs> do. It. We have listeners in Massachusetts. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. So would you like to give out the address of where you're going to be staying for anyone who happens to be listening? I'll leave my door unlocked. So <laughs> that's good. Okay, and that's rewatchability for this week. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. You can support us on Patreon. Give us one, three, five dollars, however much you like. Also, we'd like to thank our sponsors again, Andy Mattress and Hello Fresh. And you can, I don't know, do something Canadian. Listen to a Rush record. Play a game of uh, shinny uh, <laughs> basketball. That was invented by a Canadian. Yeah, yeah. but we're not good at it anymore. No. <laughs> Raptors are all right. They're all right. I'm sure none of them are Canadian. <laughs> are any of them Canadian? There's one. Okay. Yeah. He's all right. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.